0: This, this past week, I started school, and it was a very, very exciting, busy, and crazy week. Uh, I got started on my, all my classes. It was a very enjoyable time. It's actually one of my classes. At, I could talk about several of my classes today because it ties into our lesson. But our lesson today is about God's Word in my heart god's word in my heart let's turn to hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. that's going to be our focus verse for today praise the lord for the word of the for the word of god is quick and sharper for the word of god is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit in the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. You may be seated. Imagine this scenario. A king delivers to you a rare jewel for your safekeeping. The jewel is a great value and irreplaceable, and you are responsible for its security. That in and in itself would be sobering. But then imagine the king says you are to carry this treasure on a lengthy and difficult trip through an unfamiliar and dangerous land. You are to safeguard it it on this passage, knowing that the king will meet you at the end of your journey. He informs you that when he does, he will expect you to deliver the treasure safely back to him. If you do so successfully, he will reward you with untold riches and pleasures. And if you fail, the consequences will be not imaginable. Undoubtedly, your mind would swim with thousands and one questions. How should I guard it? What road should I take? And are there any particular dangerous parts of the journey? Are there any common mistakes others have made in such a quest? Are there enemies of which to be aware, knowing you have no experience traveling to this destination or protecting such a treasure, the task would seem overwhelming. As you are about to despair of ever successfully completing this mission, the king hands you a book in which he has recorded the answers to all your questions. It tells you where to walk, how to walk, and what to do and what not to do. And how to protect what the king has entrusted you. Just how precious do you suppose that that book would be? How carefully would you read it? How diligent would you heed its direction? And I suspect that if you sincerely believe that life and death hung in the balance, you would greatly ensure that every aspect of your journey was governed by the dictation of that book. The scenario is not far-fetched at all. You have been given a treasure that is to be protected carefully on this journey of life. The king has clearly told you, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 4:23. Right. When this journey is complete, we will give it an account for the condition of our hearts. We have done never done life before and we have no experience in safely transporting a pure heart from here to heaven. Gratefully, a thorough and invaluable book of instruction has been given to us. The Word of God will guide us in protecting our hearts through life. It will constantly and consciously apply its principles to every aspect of our journey. In doing so, we will ensure that we please the King in the most serious of assignments. Praise the Lord. I wasn't planning on to read that, but when I got into it, I, I got into it. Praise the Lord. God's Word is alive. God's Word is alive. It is terribly regrettable that so many in our worldview, in, in today's world, views the Bible as unreliable and out of date. They deem its words and many of its principles old-fashioned and not connected to the post-modern culture. King James English certainly fuels this opinion. But even all its translations were in the most contemporary English. It is the most of the Bible. It is the message of the Bible that some consider out of step with the times. They consider it not essential. They considered mask as essential. They considered bylaws. They considered all these laws to be able to keep us protected. But they didn't view the word of God as essential. They didn't view prayer, and they didn't view us coming to this place as essential. Praise the Lord! Ooh, I'm getting on a roll, <laughs> and that is a shame because nothing could be further from the truth. The Bible is not a dead book in any fashion. God used the word to just dis- the word "quick" to describe it, and the word means alive. Those who of us have embraced the Bible's teaching readily understand this description. We can go throughout life understanding that God's Word is alive. Because when we read it and we apply it to our lives, our lives become quickened and our lives become full and gloriful. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It is a testimony of the miraculous and living nature of this book. That after 20 plus centuries, the Bible still contains instruction on every significant facet of life. God's words, it's just as applicable in 2022 as when holy men of old penned its pages. The only living book could accomplish that. Praise the Lord. I'm going to Take a break, real quick. I, I just want to explain my class. I, I um, hermeneutics. I was. It's the scientific word and scientific way to study the Bible. It is the way to break down Scripture, break down words, break down paraphrases, break down paragraphs in the Bible to understand what it's truly meaning. To be able to remove the lens that our twenty-plus centuries have created. So, we have so many different translations, just a minute, because I want someone to read this. I, I don't know exactly who, let's see, but, but there's several trans, translations and we need to pick the correct one to be able to dissect and, and, and to be able to um, understand the most. Of course, if we all could read Hebrew and Greek, that would be great, and we could go to the original text, but sadly... I'm not that smart yet. Praise the Lord. But there, there's, there's a, a particular um, a translation of the Bible that um, nobody um, that doesn't speak Hawaiian pigeon. I, I don't know if you ever heard of that. It was. Um, I just looked at uh, the history of Hawaiian pigeon language. It was um, the Japanese, Hawaiian, and American all up like. They were sailors in the, in the ports and everything. So they created this language in the 19th century to be able to communicate. And it's a very, very rough language. But there's a Bible translation in it, but it, it's very comical. Um, it, it's, it, it, and, and we should not read it. For, uh, we should not um, consume it as a daily reading for sure. Because post, uh, uh, let's put up Hebrews 4.12. Um, if you want to come down, Brother Motes, I would love for you to read this. Here, go ahead, brother. Brother Justin, why don't don't you start reading that? (laughs) Ask us what God
1: tells, stay alive, and get the power of what's supposed to do, and stay more sharp for change us guys inside, then one sharp toward that two side sharp. (laughs) tell what we think and how
0: we think about stuff. okay appreciate it <laughs> so as you see we don't need to use this as a daily Bible reading but it, 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 for, for its purpose for, uh, for those people it's the Word of God. Hopefully, they, they are able to go back to the Hebrew and Greek and that. Um, you, can, you, can, you can go back to the other slide. Appreciate it, though. But the only reason we kind of understood that scripture is I read it just before, and we, and we have read the English version of that Bible. So, how do you read the Bible? How do you view the Bible? Do you view it as a as a lesson plan or a thing just to read every day and not apply, or do you read it as a as a um, as a story and and try to learn a few principles from it and try to throw away the the, the unneeded parts, or 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 do you view it as the living word of God? Do you view it as a daily devotional? And do you view it as a map to get to where we're going? Because when I, when I read the scriptures, and whatever I'm, I'm submitted to my pastor, King James is primarily the one I read. But there are several translations I read to be able to have clarity as well. But when I read the Bible, I don't view it as a, another, um, another story. I don't view it as a Lewis Lamore book. I don't, I don't view it as a, as a, a Western or a, a, a novel that I would read in school. But I, when I read the Bible, I want to apply it to myself. I want to, be, I want to be convicted by its pages. I want to be living its words. And I want to have it cut me. I want it to cut me. Even though I don't like to be cut, even though I do not like to be pierced, I want the things that do not belong in my life to be out. God's word self-identifies as a sword. It is called the sword of the spirit in Ephesians 6 and 17. We see the sword imitating Praise the Lord. Coming away from the mouth of God in Revelations 1.16. God's word is a powerful weapon for spiritual warfare is unquestioned. But what of the two-edged description? Quite often the phrase is used to describe something that cuts both ways. Something that can be harmful both to the attacker and its intended victim. Certainly this principle is true of God's word. For it always affects first the one quoting it or using it. But this phrase appears to have a deeper meaning. The Greek word decimatos is comprised of two words, which means two and a mouth. The Bible is, is called a two-mouthed sword. It should be noted that the God's word is most effective when it proceeds both from his mouth than from ours. Praise the Lord. When we quote His Word in prayer, we are allowing that sword to be mouthed the second time. In that moment, His Word is doubly effective, both on us and our adversary. According to Hebrews four twelve, not the and Pigeon version, Hawaiian Pigeon version, God's Word is sharper than any other two-edged sword, two-mouthed sword, and a man might try to employ. There is nothing that has a keener edge to slice through defenses employed through the word than words that come from the lips of God, that are embraced, believed, and utilized by His children. I want to have a few verses that I that I um, brought up just in just in the Book of Psalms, and I looked up the uh, simple words His Word, Psalms eighteen thirty. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in Him. Psalms 33 and 4. For the word of the Lord is right and His works are done in truth. Psalms 33 and 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and by the host of them by the breath of His mouth. Psalms 56 and 4. In God I will praise His word. In God I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Praise the Lord. Psalms 56 and 10, "In God will I praise His word, and the Lord will I praise His word. Psalms 103:20, Bless the Lord ye as angels that excel in strength, that do His commandments hearkening unto the voice of His word. When I hearken unto His commandments, when I listen to every dot and tittle that He speaks to me, I'm going to excel in strength. Oh praise the Lord. Amen. Psalms 105, 28. He sent darkness and made it dark, and they rebelled not against his word. I don't want to rebel against his word today. Psalms 106, 24. Yea, they despised the pleasant land. They believed not his word. I want to believe in his word. They, 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 God gave the people of Israel a pleasant land. He gave them the land of milk and honey. But they chose not to follow His Word. And because they despised the land, they believed not and they suffered the consequences. Psalms 107.20 He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. When you have a problem, when you have a circumstance that you see no weight out of, God can send His Word He can heal you, and He can deliver you from your destructions. Let me me look up this verse real quick, because I I noticed something. Psalms 107.20, He sent His word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Notice the word there. It was not someone else's destructions that were destroying them. It was their own. So when you dig yourself into a hole, God's word can get you out. When you, when you try your own life, and when you try your own plan, the only way out is to start quoting his word. It's a backtrack. It says, wait a minute, I'm going way down into this tunnel of darkness. And I'm going to need a light to back up because his word is powerful. Praise the Lord. The word of God discerns our thoughts and intentions. The word of God has a unique ability to conduct its work on our hearts and deep in secret places. Anyone can conduct a surface review of our lives People can analyze and evaluate our deeds and our actions, which are visible to all. However, it seems it takes a power of the Spirit to discern the motives behind our methods. The Bible, and particularly the preaching of its principles, can lay bare humanity and compel us to confront what is often not visible to our fellow worshipers. It examines our attitudes and not just our actions. It examines our attitudes and not just our actions. It discerns what is concealed from others and in so doing serves us well in the quest to protect our hearts. It is important for us to remember that nothing in our lives is hidden from God. According to to the scriptures, all things are naked and open to Him. Hebrews 4.13 no covering veils or any part of our lives from His sight. For mine eyes are upon their ways, and they are not hid from my face. Neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. Jeremiah 16 and 17. There can be no question that God knows our secret sins, but that is not all which He takes note. The writer of, the writer of Proverbs 15 and 3 declared, "...the eyes of the Lord are in every place." Beholding the evil and good. Each child of God should be encouraged to understand that God notes every good deed, and every good decision, and every good priority we demonstrate. There is never a time when a Christian does something positive in his or her spiritual development that God fails to record it. If you do something good, if you take a step toward salvation if you take a step toward His creation and what He is created for you to do, if you take a step toward His purpose, He is going to for sure notice it. As the Word of God exerts its effect on us, we are shaped into His image. And our Father beholds the good works with approval. Praise the Lord. My last point before I close... I will approach God in confidence and find grace and in help. It is only reasonable that just after expounding on the truth that uh, that our God knows all about us, including every strength and every weakness. The scripture goes on to describe a high priest who understands our infirmities and temptation. He has experienced all of that in himself, yet he has conquered the power of sin And because of that victory, his compassion, and his compassion, we are encouraged to become like him with boldness to find all the help we need to make it through difficult times. The word of God guides our hearts to his grace-filled throne. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Before Brother Justin comes up here, I have something that does quite connect I'm taking a leadership development class this is my closing note Um, we and we started out talking about servant leadership and we moved on to uh, something that is a very very interesting model brother Dr. Wilson has brought this up about growing a church and he, he was describing two models it's called the lake model or the river model a lake model focuses on numbers. How many how many people did we have at the drama or the Christmas drama this past year? Or how many people did we have in that youth rally that we had last week or in that uh, focusing on numbers. But the river model is much different. It does not at all focus on numbers, but it thrives on what kind of move you had because they know that when someone gets in the river so the the, the concept is when you get into a lake you get out in the same spot you go into the lake you come out of the lake but when you get into a river and the current is there you do not get out the same place that you get in So that's the purpose of the church. When you come into this door, you don't need to go out the door just the same way that you did. When you come into the door, you need to be able to move along with the current of the spirit and flow and help the word of the Lord change you. And God's preaching from the man of God change you. And when you walk out the door, you are a better and growed person. Praise the Lord. That is great English. Growed. Praise God. Praise God. But I want to focus on, on current. I want to focus on the flow. Because I want to see someone grow. I want to see the people that uh, complete strangers that walk in that door or people that we have prophesied over or people that we have mentioned in our prayers walk through that door. And I don't want them leaving the same way. I don't want them leaving the same way. I don't want to just t- tick off the box and say, yeah, they were here. Praise God. White and Tucker, praise the Lord, they were here. And that does matter. But I want to leave. I want them to leave this place changed. I want I want our our guests and our visitors to leave changed. And that happens with the word of God. Praise the Lord.
1: Praise the Lord. I want to leave changed. Praise the Lord. Amen. You're right, brother Jace. I want to get into the flow of the Spirit amen i want to feel it get into it be involved in it amen let it let it wrap around me today praise the lord this is a uniquely interesting um uh lesson this morning because i like building knives for my birthday i asked for an anvil and a hammer and some point in time i want to get a forge. And I like to build a knife. A knife. I, I always wanted to do that. It's sometime in my spare time, probably between 10 at night and 4 in the morning, I get to build me a knife. You know how that goes. Um, but anyways, I want to reread the scripture. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing of of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I don't know if you, I, I seen something different in this verse when I read it, and as I talk about building knives and swords, and there's all kind of different steel, some steel sharpens easier, some steel is harder, some steel is is more pliable and useful and yields better, there's Damascus steel and all these layers, and there's a lot of beautiful steel, especially if you work with steel for 23 years, you kind of get interested in that. It's an interesting thing, but but the scripture says that it's quick and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That means every sword that's ever been built by master craftsmen, and believe me, there are some masters of the craft that build swords. That specialized in double-edged swords. And they've been working at their craft for years and years and years, and they can build durable and beautiful and extremely sharp swords. This is more sharper. That's some good English, Brother Jace. This is sharper than any other sword it's more powerful than any other sword it's quicker than any other sword that is that is a uh, maybe that don't mean anything to anybody but me today but but that is that is a bold statement to say this is is better than any of that the only way we would know that is to put it to application it is easy to say my whatever is better than yours but the proof is in when we put them to application uh i don't i don't know a a good analogy today I'm, I'm, i'm trying to think of one but it doesn't matter what it is when we put it side by side and mine is test worn and and i i, I take my sword and i beat it against something a stone and you take yours and beat it against the stone and then we try to see if it'll cut and we see if it'll cut or stab or kill and all these tests we can go through that's how you know if it's really really what it says it is I can sit up here all day and Pastor Motes and Jace and Brother Adam and we can all tell you about the word of the Lord and we could we could preach it and talk about it and jump up and down flip over and do all of this good stuff. But if you never put it to application you don't know but just what I said. But prove it. It'll prove itself. When you put it to application, the Bible, the Word of God will work for you. It'll work for you. It is designed. Man, I'm I'm back on these knives and swords. There's there's knives and swords that are designed to help you do the job at hand easier. Someone put a lot of thought in the... The radius of it and the sharpness of it, and there's different degrees of pitch to make it sharper, and some of them are less for a utility blade, and there's all these different facets of a blade. This knife, this Swiss sword, works for you. It takes some of the work out of it, but you got to use it, you got to put it to application. I feel like that's where I get hung up sometimes. I've got my tool, I've been taught how to use the tool, I know the tool works, or I've been told it does, but I get hung up between the advice and the application. And then it's just good advice, that's great, I appreciate it, that's good. Thank you for another good service, good advice, good leadership knowledge, Ye rah, rah. But every day I got to take that sword and I got to say, I'm going to make this thing work for me. I'm going to mold myself so I can wield this sword. Because there's some parts of me that I got to fix so I can even wield the sword. That I, I can be strong enough to handle what the Lord's given me. Because everybody can't wield the sword. They're not ready. They haven't prepared themselves. They don't know how to use it. Amen. Amen. That's exciting to me. I don't know about anybody else. Amen. What a a mighty, powerful sword that the Lord has given given us today. The word of God stands in stark contrast to the world around us. Stands in stark contrast to the world around us. In the Bible, we find something that is indeed perfect. In the Bible, the Bible itself, we find something that is indeed perfect. In just three simple verses of Psalms 19, God's word is described as perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, enduring forever, true, and righteous altogether Psalms 19:7 through 9 for the word of God is quick and powerful amen is it any wonder then that we who desire to please its author have grounded our lives on its eternal perfect principles we should be rooted and grounded in the word of the lord I said this, I think, last week, and uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Ronald this morning. I see so many people in my work culture that can tell you every statistic about a football game that you could ever want to imagine. But if you ask them about the Bible, these are Christian people supposedly, they know nothing, like literally Nothing. But they can tell you all these other stats that mean nothing. The boys and Ronald were picking back and forth about football on the way to church this morning. And I heard Ronald say something that I was like, hats off to that. The boys said, well, if you, if you, don't, if you come to church tonight, you may miss the football game. And Ronald said, I can watch the football game anytime I'm coming to church. That's what it's about right there. Who cares about a football game? I, that's great and that's good and all of that. But this this word that we have can save my soul. This word that I have that can show me the direction I'm supposed to go and what to avoid and what to get involved in and what to go around. And when temptation comes my way, this Word can protect me and, and hide me and guide me. That's what it's all about. Amen. This Word. Praise the Lord. The Word of God has a unique power to restore a life from its fallen condition to the pattern in place God intended it. Anybody ever failed before? I know I have. Thank you for the Word that it can get me back on the right track again. When we are willing to submit... Ooh, we don't like that word. When we are willing to submit to its direction, the inspired scriptures pulls us from the place of self-destruction to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. So many times the, the, the enemy may have me cornered. My flesh has got me to a place that I shouldn't be, and I'm against the wall. And the word of God comes through for me and pulls me out of that situation. When I submit to it and say, yes, Lord, I will walk according to your way. Yes, Lord, I will do what you say. It starts pulling me. I'm thinking of a winch in my mind. It's just like winching me out, pulling me out, pulling me out and getting me closer and closer to the Lord, this is our road map. Amen. The Bible. The Bible is also said to make the simple wise. Thank the Lord for that. I'm a pretty simple guy. Anybody ever thought I had some wisdom? It ain't nothing to do with me. Thank you for the word. It equips individuals to make proper choices about all aspects of life, including worship, including relationships, including finances, including priorities. It helps us make these decisions. Individuals can do so not from limited human knowledge, but from a fount of eternal wisdom. The word then causes recipients' hearts to rejoice preston and me and misty were talking yesterday and he wants to to help people and maybe even counsel people at some point in time and he was talking about i don't know how i can counsel people uh, because i don't have any work experience and like son work experience is good but wisdom is from above here's where you get your wisdom Take that word and counsel somebody. Take that word and break it apart and show them truth. And that it's good to have experience, and that's all. Make it relevant. I'm good, but this Bible is still relevant today. It's still truth. It's still the word of God. It don't get old and worn out. It is still truth. Amen. Amen. I would. I would way rather get my my counseling from the word. Than from somebody with a PhD that don't even have the Holy Ghost. Uh, They may be taking me down a road I don't even know where I'm going. Oh, but show me in the word. Uh, Show me in your precepts. Uh, Teach me your principles, oh Lord. Uh, Amen. I want to grow closer to him. Uh, Hallelujah. Simply because we have been begotten by the word of God does not mean we are forever perfect. Or will never struggle against fleshly tendencies. Indeed, the battle between the flesh and the spirit has only begun. It will continue until the day of redemption is complete, and we are caught away to join him eternally. But until then, we will do our best. We will stumble, we will fall, we will repent and find grace. Get up and try again. Hallelujah. But what if we are never aware of our failings and the need to get back on a righteous path? What if we blindly continue with no awareness of a need to repent? Then our ultimate spiritual destruction would be ensured. But instead, the Bible provides us with the great service of comforting our errors and judgment when they occur. It is likened to a mirror that presents to us a true picture of our life and the spiritual standing in front of the mirror. Often our reflection in the mirror is a shocking experience because it accurately presents the image we ourselves cannot see without its help. Have you ever thought that you were doing good? And come to the house of the Lord thinking that I'm doing good. Someone breaks open that word. And the and the preach word starts going forth. And I recognize pretty fast who I was blinded by myself. I had some way or another put a canvas over my life. And I, I thought I was doing good. But when it was really broken out and I... Looked at it in the mirror, I recognized pretty quick, oh, you're way off the trail. Thank you, Lord. So we can get offended by that. We can become aggravated. We can get offended at the word or the man of God. Or we can, a lot of things. Or we can say, thank you for showing me where I was in error. Because I thought I was doing all the, the right things, but I was in error. I was blinded. It it was not truth. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word that shows me when I'm off the trail, when I'm headed in the wrong direction. Praise the Lord. I want to see what I've done wrong. That's the only way I can fix it. If I blindly walk through life and someone's tickling my ears and telling me all the things I want to hear. Oh, it feels good, but that don't make me saved. Hallelujah. I want it to cut, Brother Jase, because i got to be right. I don't like it, but I've got to be right. Maybe a better way to say it is, I don't like it, I love it. And it's because I love it is why I want it. Amen. Not only does God's word work perspectively to address wrongs in our lives, it also has a preventative effect on us. By reading and meditating on scriptures, we are equipped to avoid pitfalls along our spiritual journey. The Bible keeps us from sin. Psalms 119, 11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. The consistent application of God's word to our hearts serves as a vaccination against our desire for sinful things. The constant application of God's word to our hearts serves as a vaccination against our desire for sinful things you want to get away from sinful things, apply more word. It will keep you from sinful things. I know in my own home, I've seen it many times while we were Bible quizzing. You start quoting the scripture. The worst possible attitudes will come to the surface. Some things that may be way deep in in their heart Will come out. You just keep quoting scripture. And all of that will bubble out. And we can repent over that. And we can go back to quoting scripture. And the more of that scripture we put into our heart. The more that other mess gets out. And we come, become resilient to it. We become more resilient to the things of the world. When we have more scripture in our heart. But if our heart is empty. And there's no word living inside of that. We've. In essence, open our house for whatever will come in. Oh Lord, I want to put Your Word in my heart, that I might not sin against the uh, Psalms one nineteen or nineteen eleven. Moreover, by them is a servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. There is great reward in living for the for the Lord. But by the word of the Lord, your servant is warned. I want to be warned. Praise the Lord. Obeying God in his word must encompass all areas of our life. This includes what we are and do outwardly and what we are and think and feel inwardly. A wonderful, concise expression of our quest to please the Lord is found in Psalms 19:14. Let the words of my mouth in the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words that come out of my mouth and the thoughts that are in my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. I want my thoughts, I want my words, I want my actions to be acceptable in His sight. The words of my mouth would be symbolic of the outward actions that others can observe. The meditation of my heart is self evidently depicting those eternal matters that are invisible but are the wellspring from which outward choices flow. If we can successfully please the Lord in both of these arenas, we would then be allowing the word of God fully to influence and guide our lives. Continuing to do so will ensure our ongoing success in living for God. I talked about continuing this morning in our prayer breakfast. We have a plan that we've prayed about and we've developed and now we have to go do the plan each week we've marked it out and we know what we're going to do now we've got to go do the plan same as living for God here's the plan it's been marked out it's been taught we can we can deep dive we can find answers the plan is the word of God now we've got to go do the plan We've got to go put the plan in action. That's literally what we have to do is take the plan and work the plan. Follow the map. The treasure's at the end. Just follow the map. Don't get left and don't get off to the right. and Don't try to take a shortcut. And don't go down the side road and don't try to go over it or under it. Just follow the map. It may get scary sometimes. It, it may be dark sometimes. Follow the map. Stay the course. Stay on the road. Stay the the pace. Keep moving forward. Amen. Follow the plan. God's word in my heart. Amen. I want to follow after his word today. Can we stand this morning and love and magnify the Lord? Hallelujah.